Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Goonies World. I am Meanie, also known as Ryan, also known as Squirg. And joining me today is, of course, Goonie, also known as Colin. And also known as Jubal Tricks. Jubal Tricks, that's right. And Johnny Farrow, also known as Sean. Hey, what's up? I'm also known as Tonight's Game Master. That is correct. And our special guest, the Red Rocket, also known as Joe. Call me Sue. Welcome back, Sue. Welcome back, Sue. S-I-O-U-X, Sue. Yeah, tonight we are going to do our final installment for now of our adventures in Dearth using the system Nave. And so we are on the world of Dearth, which is a fantastical, far future world under a bloated, bruised, dying red sun. And our heroes, Jubal Tricks and Squirg Fallowshins and Sue Fastmane, were on their way to the fabled city of Ceres Arcs, the last citadel, which is so tall it stretches off into the sky forever, or so folks say. But our heroes have been waylaid in the town of Hadoro Tyros. They've been accused of blasphemy by the cult of denial who rule this town. And after a skirmish with the local gendarmes, they were captured and thrown into the invisible tower where they were to await trial the next day for blasphemy before the high priest of the Red Circle, or so they heard. Now the cult of denial denies that the world even exists, that it's just a dream, and the physical world was destroyed when the sun blew up at the end of the Age of Lamentations. But Jubal, long ago, was one of the heroes who saved the world and stopped that from happening and ushered in the Age of Temporary Reprieve with the sacrifice of the elf, Yulian the Clean, who is now worshipped as a god over large parts of Dearth. But because our heroes have refused to deny this, as blasphemers, they will probably die tomorrow, sacrificed to the gods of nothing, by being shut off the edge of a pyramid slide into a bottomless pit filled with purple smoke. A a terrible, terrible fate that we hope to avoid. But our heroes are not ones to sit idly back and accept their fate. They fought fate, and they broke their chains in the Invisible Tower, and they fought the guards of the Invisible Tower, and they have escaped from the Invisible Tower, and now they're running out of it into the dark, narrow streets in the middle of the night into the town of Hadoro Tyros and its tall, garden-topped buildings. And Exactly where were you guys trying to run to? You know, that front gate was locked, and the priest of the White Circle had the key. The walls are, like, ridiculously tall. Where do you guys want to run off to? I should point out that, you know, you've already made the skirmish. There's a bell ringing in town, which you can only assume is an alarm because of you. Um, so what do you do? Where do you guys go? Well, you know, guys, I I, I started to suspect that the, the townsfolk might be sympathetic to us. You know, they, they, they didn't seem to have the same ideas that, that the uh, guards in the... Um, that wizard had or whatever. I think maybe we could s- seek shelter with, uh, you know, someone that would... Uh, let us, uh, you know, uh, hide in their house. Mm. Maybe at that dude did. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Perhaps they do, but I would worry that the powers that be would not. We might put them in danger, is what I'm saying. It seems like they may not believe in the same reality and or lack of reality as the uh, gendarmes and such, but by taking us in, they would be putting themselves at great risk, perhaps. What do you think, Sue? I agree with Squirg, but perhaps we wouldn't be discovered. Maybe so, maybe so. If you want to get into more residential areas, you certainly have to leave the area immediately outside of the tower, which is where you are now. In fact, you can hear, you know, the, you didn't kill every single guard in there. You can hear them scrambling around to try to get together. They're, they've got the bell ringing. Uh, you start to feel like maybe you ought to take off running in any case, at least in the short term. 
yeah, I was imagining this conversation happening as we're just running in a random direction. <laughs> like, okay. roll like a D, you know, roll a D4 or, you know, whatever, and just pick, start but, what, one north, you know, whatever. I say we, like we start running towards the residential area, and, and if somebody volunteers to uh, bring us in, then it's okay. You know, if they see us running and they say, Psst, over here, and then, uh, you know, usher us inside their... A house where they have a, uh, you know, trap door that uh, leads down into a, uh, you know, some kind of shelter, then that would be okay. Okay, well, hopefully you guys can meet some kind of Grandma Moses and uh, and escape detection, but for now, I'll assume you're just taking off and running while you're having this conversation, and, you know, you guys did have a chance to see a lot of the city because you were imprisoned in the top of the invisible tower which was invisible and you had clear line of sight to everything you also got marched through the city a little bit so you think you have a pretty general idea of where a lot of the residential areas are which is mostly on the fringes so you know uh even if you just ran in a completely random direction you'd be running into the you know eventually uh some some more residential areas but as I say, the alarm has certainly been raised, and you guys go tearing off down the street. And the first random street you come to, and you turn the corner, it's a little bit... Now, I will say, you know, the streets here are very narrow. The buildings are extremely tall to maximize the space. Again, the city was of uh, Hadoro Tyros was, you know, taller than it was wide, you know. But turning a corner, you're going to smack dab into three gendarmes who were running towards the tower. Like, they didn't know exactly what was going on, but they knew something was going on. And when they see you, they're like, dope! And uh, here you are in the darkened streets having run smack dab into three of them. And I will have to ask the party to roll initiative, please. On a four, five, or six, you guys will go first. And four. Here go. Uh, four. Hey, you guys are going to go first. So you know what? We always start with a little squirt, but let's start with Sue Fastman this time. Then you know the distance is not that far away. You guys could still get some missile fire off, but they're within running and melee distance as well. So what do you do, Sue? What you gonna do, Sue? Uh, Sue's going to attempt subterfuge. Okay. Because as we heard in the previous episode, his axe ain't worth a dick. Well, just because you had a house of whiffs <laughs> one night doesn't mean you always will. But what sort of subterfuge would you? care to employ hey what are you what are you guys just standing around for didn't you hear there was a prison break shouldn't you be over there looking for him you know as much <laughs> as I would as much as I would love to uh, to engage in this subterfuge with you you were you know you had a big fight in you know a very public fight with the gendarmes you were you know in full view uh, so you know I feel like I ought to at least give you some small chance of this working, but please make a uh, charisma test with, and I'm gonna I'm gonna step out of I'm gonna step out of the rules as written here with double disadvantage. I mean, really, you know, really three dice because you know you're gonna have to really, really do some serious convincing. We need a sixteen or greater on one of those three dice with your charisma bonus. And uh, we'll see what happens. Well, with Does, the uh, double disadvantage, I only yeah. ended up with a nine. Well, I'm sorry about that, but you know, like I said, it was it was a a he nice would, attempt, but he would have to be the dumbest guard ever. Yeah, and there are some dumb ones, but you know, these guys weren't quite that dumb. And uh, now speaking is free, so when you see they immediately, they look at each other for like a millisecond, one of them rolls our eyeballs, and then they ready their weapons for their turn. But since you've only spoken, and that didn't seem to do the trick, would you like to abandon Sutterfuge and uh, see if your axe... Ask them a question? Yeah, ask them a question. Or see if your axe is no longer worth dick? I would, uh, I would, if they're within melee range. They are, well, you have to run up to them, but certainly you may rush up and attack one of them, because they do not look like they're in the mood to be fooled. That's a 23. Well, you're certainly, certainly going to hit that gendarme. Why don't you go ahead and roll damage? Seven. Seven points of damage to the first gendarme. And as you guys have fought them before, you know, they're not like the world's 
the world's uh, toughest opponents. But uh, so yeah, you, uh, strike. He cries out. Now there's people, you know, uh, looking out their windows at this point. They want to know what the alarm is all about. And you can hear other footsteps of guards in adjoining streets, and of course the alarm bell ringing. But Squirk, what are you doing? Um, me gonna shoot me bow at the nope. at the gendarme. All right, go for it. Yep. Um, is it wisdom? I forget. Yeah, it's wisdom uh, due to the perception qualities of wisdom. And like I say, you're far enough away that you can't shoot. Close enough to run, but far enough to shoot. Uh, that is going to just be a twelve. Oh no! Well, the arrow flies past them into the darkness. And Jubal Tricks, what do you do? Hey, that's copyrighted voice. Um, <laughs> I'm going to. Um, I only have the dagger, so I will uh, rush up and stab. And do the stabbing. Doing a little stabby stab action. Of course, don't forget, you guys do have spells. You might want to remind yourself yeah. of uh, spells. Some of these if, just aren't very have, helpful. No, they were, I think we randomly determined them, so yeah. uh, it could or could not come in handy. But rushing up to do a stabby action, Jubal engages with one of the gendarmes. All right. Ooh, natural 20. Natural 20. There you go. That's what we're talking about. Now let's have some nice big damage that we can double. Okay. Ooh, well, that uh, will be... I rolled a 5, so 10 damage. Now that's what we're talking about. That's what you need. The guy cries out in agony as the uh, dagger slices into him. And then it's their turn. And... and Jubal, that guy's extremely irritated, and he's gonna bring. He's gonna attempts to bring his blade right down onto your, onto your head, but he doesn't. He rolls terribly. In fact, he, uh, yeah, even with his bonus, he has like a six. Too it's slow. just not gonna hit you. It's too slow. Yeah, he does. Like, too slow, and his sword sparks onto the, the cobblestones, and uh, the guy who, Squirg shot his. Boat has no intention of, you know, standing there and getting shot at again and uh, lacking a bow of his own. He screams at the top of his lungs and his voice even breaks a little bit as he does it and he rushes in to combat with Squirg, but he only rolls one better with a total of seven and he's unable to connect with Squirg. I guess he was too slow too. And then the one who has just been chopped for seven points of damage by our good friend Sue, attempts to make a counterattack. And, oh, this one's close enough that I have a question mark. I have a 14 here. Does that, is that greater than your armor defense there, Sue? That is, as my is, armor defense is 12. Oh, no. Well, you're hit, and you, sir, will take a big fat two points of damage. Oh no! And of course, I know Jubal's already hurt pretty bad from from last time. I think he had he got healed up a little bit, but not much. Yeah, yes. ten points. Is yeah. not doing very well either. Okay, well, I hope you guys don't all die. You know, I don't want to do a, a total party kill here on on Dearth, but you know, if it happens, it happens. So, heroes rise and heroes fall. Under the Some, yeah. sometimes they run if they have to. Heroes, that's right. Sometimes they run if they have to, and uh, yeah. So this this first round, I think more or less went in your favor. But let's see what happens on the next one. Let's let's roll initiative. Meanwhile, again, you hear there are citizens watching. No one is offering to, you know, bring you in. Six. Six. Hey, it's your guys' turn. You go first again. This time, let's flip it around. Let's start with wee little Jubal. What do you do, Jubal? I have another one. I will stick my blade into that same okay. guy. Yeah, and you've already done ten points of damage to him, which is great. Okay, and uh, that will be seventeen, which will hit. Oh, that will certainly hit him. Ooh, six points of damage. Six points of damage, and oh, I'm afraid this guy, this guy just goes down in a in a heap. You know, you can tell now these guys must only have about, you know, 
between 12 and 15 hit points. Speak metagamingly if that gives you some hope. That, but, that was what I theorized. Yeah, you have some of the lower-ranking gendarmes here. And uh, meanwhile, uh, Squirg, what do you do? You've, you've now been engaged in melee by the guy that you had shot at, but he's missed you. And what do you do? Well, uh, Squirg only has a bow. And Squirg can't use a bow effectively in melee. And Squirg only has six hit points. So Squirg is going to run. Squirg turns and runs. Sometimes discretion is the better part of valor. And you guys see Squirg turn and haul his flabby self right out of there. He's going to attempt to go deeper into the residential area. Okay. Uh, And uh, as he... Departs. <laughs> we'll see. Me catch on the flip side. <laughs> okay. On so the, yeah, um, flab side. The flab side. <laughs> well, you know, you're running forward past the guards into you know as you're running away. So really, you're doing kind of some linebacker you know type of uh, maneuvers as you get through and past this this swirling melee. And of course, the people looking in their windows see where you go. And you know what, Jubal, you almost. You, you swear you can hear somebody go, that's the spirit, you know, as one of them seems to almost be cheering Jubal on, trying to get away. And, uh, Sue, what do you do? This guy's not down yet, but he's right in front of you. I am going to swing this giant axe in a sweeping arc. And roll a four, so that's a nine. That's a nine. Well, I'm afraid that will not hit. Now, uh... <clears throat> I only know the Squirg was running, so there's going to be at least two counterattacks here. Oh, Jubal. Jubal, I hate to tell you. you just been hit with an 18. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And I've rolled five points of damage. It's going to hurt. You'll be teetering. You're not down oh. yet, but I know you're close. And meanwhile, Sue. Sue, you're missed, luckily. So I just wanted to clarify that I have a shield that's a plus one that I keep forgetting about. Uh, oh, good. So I guess I would only take four of that damage? No. Uh, or is... I don't know. A shield does not uh, soak. It is a... Uh, oh, it just adds makes to your defense. Yeah, a little harder to hit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, now you guys might very well wish to run at this point, but we have to roll initiative to see if you're going to get that chance. Meanwhile, Squirg's out of there by now. He's down towards the end of the street, deeper into the residential areas. And uh, let's roll initiative to see if you guys get a chance to run before you get hit again. Right. We need a four, five, or six. Don't screw it up, Goonie. Right. You roll the dice wrong, then you guys could be in trouble. Four. Hey, guess what? It's your turn. What do you guys want to do? Well, last time... Uh that uh, square ran, I followed him. I probably will have to do that again. I don't want to be separated from my traveling buddy. So I think you you uh, you're pretty low too, aren't you? Yeah, I am getting. Pretty, you both are pretty low. So yeah, yeah. What are you doing? Uh, what are you doing, you know, Sue? You see your new friends take off. You know, do you want to do you want to follow them or do you want to stay here and, and fight? Fight the remaining guards plus any more that might show up. Now, how many guards are there? Remaining? Well, right now there's just two that are still up, two. but you can hear footsteps, you know, from all over the place. I, I think Sue is going to just have to follow these guys once he realizes he's been abandoned. Okay. Well, you guys tear off. You follow the other two, and you guys have run off, and you're doing your best to like follow wherever Squirk went. And uh, you're trying to get... But, you know, you find the streets, you know, they're narrow, they're confusing, they don't always make sense. You guys did get a good view of the city, but it's not like you committed a, you know, a map to memory. And as uh, you never know where these guards, you can hear them running and tramping from all over. And uh, you turn one corner, run smack into a group of six of them, but they're all the way down at the end of the street. You're like, hey, you! But you have time to, you know, duck out of there and run elsewhere if you'd like. Um, wrong way, wrong way. Wrong way? Okay, I'll assume you guys all... I, uh, you know. I would like to, at that point, uh, you know, maybe if the three of us could duck out of their sight, since, uh... <clears throat> and, uh, Sue's gonna say, in the, in the heat of the moment, I forgot about this, but, uh... Maybe this'll help. 
And he's going to cast Disguise on all three of us to make us look like, you know, generic locals. Okay, it's not a terrible idea at all. Not a terrible yeah. idea at all. So, you guys, uh, and I picture, you know, a slightly comical scene where Squirt tears around the corner, stops suddenly, Jubal comes right behind and bumps into him, and uh, Sue comes around behind and bumps into him, and you guys duck back out. And, of course, most of the people are still looking out their windows, and they can see you, but I will assume you go ahead and cast your disguise spell and wave your hand. you got to read it, you know, on its little metal plate. And uh, that one's gone for now, but suddenly, when you look at each other, you all look like regular citizens. Who are you? Uh, <laughs> Hadoro Tyros. And, uh, but a lot of the citizens see this transformation take place as well. And there's sort of a gasp that rises up. And then you do see a door to a cobbler's shop open. You see it's a cobbler's shop. It's like a big sign of a shoe over the over the door. But this guy must have seen it because he looks over at you. Quickly! Quickly, this way! This way! It. Come with me if you want to live! <laughs> hurry, hurry! Well, come on! Okay, I'll, I'll assume you guys rush up there. And then, and then just as you hear the lar- more and more tramping and tramping and tramping, like guards are like converging from all over on this area. And they sound like heavier bootsteps too, like not like these rank-and-file schmoes that you've been fighting. But anyway, I'll assume you rush into the cobbler's shop and uh, he says, Yes, get in there. Those bootsteps you hear, those are the vigilant guard, okay? They're elite. You don't want to mess with them all at once. They're horrible. Quickly, quickly. And he waves you through the door, and he shuts up the cobbler's shop door, and he throws up a curtain, and he blows out his lamp. And no sooner does he do that than outside, you know, <laughs> you can see shadows running across the, the curtain of uh, the, the guards running around outside, and they seem to be like they're milling around and looking around. And, and uh, you've got a, a moment to breathe. There's mighty magic you weave, oh, oh, ma- oh man with the great mane. Yes, I'm. I'm quite impressed. I didn't think you had it in you. Yes. Well, oh. uh, it's it's nothing. Well, it's a lot more than your axe has done. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm just saying. Them's fighting sick. words, little man. Okay. That's a sick burn right there. <laughs> I'm. I'm. I'm just. Uh, you know. I'm. I'm still not convinced. Your muscles aren't made out of paper mache. You guys get a look around while you're ribbing each other, and indeed, he is a working cobbler. There's plenty of shoe trees in here and leather patterns and quite a few nice shoes, some with fancy little buckles. Those of you who like, those of you who are dandies might uh, might appreciate some of those shoes with the fancy little buckles. There's some, like, lace-up, you know, knee-high moccasins, you know, like Snake Plissken might wear, or Jack Burton, for that matter. Uh, two different films with the same footwear there, but he's the guy, the cobbler himself. As you, the guards are running around outside, and like, where'd they go? Where'd they go? You start banging on doors. You can hear them on other sides of the street. I, I, I'm Mulligan Cobbler, and I can help you. You know, many of us here in Hadoro Tyros believe as you do. We remember the last age, and we watched the age of temporary reprieve begin. The cult was just fringe weirdos at first, but you know some. But somehow, by adhering blindly to this big, obvious lie and making the people afraid of outsiders, the cult's grown and the majority are now afraid to resist them. And if you're the real Jubal Tricks that's spoken of in the Book of Ages, then you're here for a reason. Yulian has guided your footsteps here and the footsteps of your friends. You, you can put an end to the cult of denial. You can destroy them. They know this. They know, oh, wait. And there's a banging on the door. And he's like, shh, shh, shh. And uh, as, as soon as soon as he does that, I assume he he stops talking. Yeah, I'm going to cast uh, auditory illusion, mm-hmm. and I'm going to have uh, a voice come from behind. You know, if I can, mm-hmm. I, I I don't have the actual details, but of the spell, but um, like come from from the the building across the street. Like up high, like up in a high window or something, and I have a voice say, 
Me over here, ya fools. Okay, well, it comes from the direction of your choice. Yep. And so, so yeah, and, you know, you guys aren't really looking at it. You can see their silhouettes outside the curtain against the, the lamplight of the street. Like, oh, oh, he's over there! Up there! Up there! And, oh, well, your mighty magic has bought us a few moments. As I say, I, I believe you can put an end to this cult. That's why you're here. I believe they've foreseen that you can destroy them. That's why the priest of the White Circle ordered your arrest, and that's why the priest of the Red Circle would convict you tomorrow, and that's why on the third day, the priest of the Black Circle would sacrifice you at the Pyramid of the Pit. But the good news is you don't have to fight this whole cult all at once. You just have to kill the priest of the Black Circle. When he has fallen, the people will they'll rise up against the other two priests, and the gendarmes themselves will probably rise up against the vigilant guard. So, but the priest of the Black Circle is at the Pyramid of the Pit, which you may have seen, you know, outside of the town. Mm-hmm. But luckily, yes. f- luckily for you, I know a secret way out of the city. Do you wish to do this for us? Well, this is the stuff that heroes are made of. That's true. I guess we have no choice. I mean, how hard? How hard could it be to? To defeat one uh, priest. I mean, it won't be easy. Uh, I we we are uh, kind of uh, feeling a bit down right now. We're injured. Injured? Yes, yes. That's that is a, that is a hard, hard thing to deal with. But luckily for you, if you come in the back here, I think I can help you. And he takes you in the back and gives each of you. Uh, he opens up a box and he he pulls out a uh, pulls out a can, three cans with, with a with a red heart on them. Luckily for you, I have some emergency red drink. It's only to be consumed in absolute emergencies, but it's not a cure all. It's not a cure all by any means, but it should restore you to some some measure of health. And if you want to go ahead and crack it open and uh, well, listen I- to it. Yes, fizz and pop. I don't question anything with a red heart on it. I know that's good stuff. That is the good stuff, absolutely. <laughs> I, I wish I, too, was a, a knave who could wield sword and magic as well as you, but no, I was saving this for in case I ever got beat up, but I think this will be for a good cause because I know if you can defeat the Priest of the Black Circle, we can put an end to the the cult of denial and and you will be treated as the heroes that you truly are. We don't have much time before they figure out your trickery. So he leads you into a back room and he leads you into the garderobe or the, the bathroom. And there's a bench with a hole in it. And he pulls up the bench and there's a hole. He's just pointing straight down the hole. This pit runs straight into the unsanitary sewers. They're built at just enough of a slope that they run out outside of town across the plain under the pyramid and into the pit itself you see but if you were to go through there you could crawl out of the tunnel just under the lip of the pit and then being the great heroes that you are you should be able to climb up the black pyramid for I believe that the priest of the black circle has his quarters at the very top that's where they start the long slide of the sacrifices into the pit. Well, yes, that sounds like a, a plan. Well, I hope so. I hope so. Do you have any reservations other than the terrible smell that you must smell coming up from there? Sounds like a suicide mission to me. A suicide mission. Oh, suicide mission. Well, it may well be, but I don't know how you'll spend the next 31 minutes if you decline. <laughs> well, I, when I heard you, when I seen that you was a cobbler coming to our aid, I was hoping we could have some peach cobbler or something, but I misunderstood what kind of cobbler oh. you were. Oh, Squirg, you're oh. always thinking about that belly of yours. <laughs> well, it is mighty flabby. Well... It's flabbergasting. Oh, my God. (laughs) Would that I could fill it with with cobbler of of the most delicious description, but you'd be surprised how often 
that happens. Someone knocks the door looking for cherry cobbler or peach cobbler. Or, and it's just, I, I'm, I'm always forced to send people away in disappointment. I don't know. I have a giant shoe hanging outside. Perhaps if I were to start serving cobbler and shoes, that would be a very good business model. But, oh, and suddenly there's another banging on the door. Open up. We're checking all doors randomly. Open up. And there's, quick, quick, quick. Get down. I'll go, delay go. Into the sewers with us, then. Okay, well, it's a long climb down. It's basically just a shit chute that runs down maybe 30 or 40 feet. And I'll have to ask you guys to climb down. Now, you can use your strength or your dexterity, and you can do so with advantage because it, it's narrow enough that you can kind of, you know, what do they call that, where you can kind of touch both edges with your hands and feet, you know, and and, and uh, sort of spider climb down. But we may roll with advantage. You need a... You know, 16 or greater because we want to beat a 15. Uh oh. Um, oh no! Okay, well, now because I didn't ask you what order you were climbing in, we have to do a little something funny here. I just, we need to randomly determine what order you guys were actually in. So if each of you would uh, roll a d6 or whatever, you know, dice you all happen to have, I don't know if. Squirg actually has a D6 this time. Uh, Squirg does not. Okay. <laughs> well, well, let's all roll a D10. Or a D20. Oh, I do have okay. a D10. Okay. I do have a D10. All right. And then we'll just, like, first, second, third. Because if somebody's last and they fall, they might hit somebody down below. It's so narrow. And, of course, I rolled a 10. Oh, no. Okay. and uh, I rolled a 3. Okay. Well, Jubal was first. And then, uh, but, unfortunately... Uh, and then, of course, Squirg was second, and I can see from Joe's finger movements that Sue Fastmane would have been last. But both of those guys fell, and uh, actually, I think Sue would have been second. Oh, if I he thought goes you first got, with a three. I had a nine. Okay, I couldn't. You know, I just saw a bunch of fingers up. I didn't like, <laughs> count every single finger. So, unfortunately, though, yeah, I mean, Jubal. Uh, Jubal, you are trying to brace yourself, but you gave these guys just thunk into you. And only because I'm, like, super generous will I allow you to make a strength roll at... You know what? I'm going to do it again. I'm starting a double disadvantage. One disadvantage for each guy. So roll three times and, and pick your worst one. Okay. Listeners should know that double disadvantage is not a thing in Nave, but Nave, uh, one thing I really love about Nave is that right in the first... Uh, in the first paragraph, we were told that adding, subtracting, and modifying rules is both expected and encouraged. Yeah, uh, so my lowest roll is a five. Oh, no! Well, you guys all just crumble down. You fall the rest of the way, and everybody takes one point of damage from their resounding thud. You as clumsy they, oaths! <laughs> as they land in, uh, as you guys land in about, luckily is only about ankle deep, but it's just absolute filth. There's just liquid filth down here. Now I'm going to have to drink my health potion. Yeah, yeah, and um, oh, I forgot to tell you guys when you did drink your health potions. If oh, you already I didn't know did if we it, drink it. Well, or not. Maybe you guys cracked it or whatever we said, but it doesn't matter. But you, everybody who does drink one, go ahead and take fifteen hit points back. All right, it's a it's a fifteen milligram red drink. Red drink. Yeah. Sue is gonna drink his, and I like crush the can. Of course. Of course. You're already down here, and then we want to throw it on the ground dramatically since you're down here in a sewer anyway? Of course. Okay. All right. So, having having fallen to the bottom and taken a little bit of uh, bruising, but now you find yourself in, and it's easy to know which way it goes. You guys said it was built at a you know slight slope, and even though there's no dwarves here, you can all detect the slight slope, as you can see the way the channel's running. I mean, it's not like a very strong current, but you can see the every now and then there's a little turd or a piece of trash, you know, it's just being carried along in the current, and uh, I assume you guys will walk out that way, because yeah, I mean, maybe maybe you could just escape from the town and then walk off and not actually try to go up against the, the priest, um, but you could make a real difference for the people yeah. of Hadoro Tyros. We can't um, call this escape from Hadoro Tyros because we didn't get our buckled to shoes or whatever. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. right. Well, anyway, you guys uh, make your way as best you can. Uh, 
down the pipe and and you know it echoes a lot down here and you you swear you can hear guards bursting in up above you and uh you can hear a scuffle and you, you're afraid that good mulligan cobbler may be actually in a, a tussle with the guards up there but he's beyond help now i hope he didn't give his life to uh buy you guys these extra few minutes well but, let's just make it make sure it wasn't in vain yeah but you know he did close the you know the the bench the toilet bench seat so it might take a while to figure out what happened to you now as i said the monk's the muck is about ankle deep and it's terrible and it's running slowly uh and we were in disguises uh yeah, you know the, don't know the, how <clears throat> no the disguise know. should should still be on like most of these spells are extremely vague but they will most of the time the duration will usually last a number of rounds equal to the caster's level and so i think that uh I think our friend Sue is like fourth level, so it would have lasted about four rounds or so. Um, and no, 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 it would last about forty minutes or so. I'm sorry. So like L times L times ten minutes is about how long a spell with an ongoing effect lasts. So for about the next, you know, thirty-seven and a half minutes, you should be for the rest of this episode. If it plays out in real time, you should be. Still in disguise as normal citizens of Hadoro Tyros, um, but yeah, you you think as you follow the 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 slope and you follow the effluent, and there's not like side channels or anything else, but there's plenty of uh, holes up above you, right? And so as you're walking along, you just never know when you just might get shattered by the first person I roll for. Oh my god, there's another six out of six six four, so. Uh, assuming you're walking more or less in the uh, order that you fell in, uh, Jubal, I hate to tell you, but uh, you just slopped on the head. Ow. And someone has had way too much moo stew, and and they've they've had a bad bowel movement. It just rains down on you, and it's so bad that it like splatters onto uh, splatters onto Squirg as well. And what's worse about Squirg is, even though it smells like shit, you can still smell the faint smell of moo stew in there too so it's like not entirely unappealing which makes it even grosser and you guys are, are splattered with uh with feces disgusting. yeah we never gonna eat moo stew again <laughs> I know I hope not I hope not meanwhile though uh Sue Fastmane's magnificent red line like mane of hair is, is untouched by the splatter he's too far away but you continue on down the tunnel and you follow what you're assuming is, as the guy told you, would lead in the direction of the pyramid. And that was outside of town across a, a narrow plain. So, you know, you walk out, you're probably under that plane right now. You can just imagine, for all you know, they're searching around for you up above you on the plane right now. But uh, it's almost peaceful down here except for the foulness of it. And uh, eventually, though, up ahead, you can see some writhing purple smoke, like, in the tunnel. And if it's true that this tunnel would exit just under the lip, you know, just under the edge of the pit, uh, then probably some of that purple smoke from the pit is is getting in here. But it makes it difficult to see. And the slope actually increases. So it's going downwards more. And uh, it's slimy and slippery, and it's hard to see because of the smoke. I'm going to have to have everybody make dexterity rolls just to avoid slipping and sliding uh, down down the rest of the way. And I, I hope you I hope you make it because you're all in here and it's rather tight quarters, and you can help each other out. I'm I'm comfortable with saying you could do this with advantage. And what are we rolling? Making dexterity. Test, and you need to you need a sixteen or higher basically for everything. Fifteen is the 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 difficulty number that you must roll greater than. Sue gets an eight. Uh oh. But everybody else is okay? Yeah, I got a sixteen. Alright. Nineteen. Okay, well Sue is last in line, which in this case is good because Sue's a big fellow, but I don't know if he's big enough to completely bowl everyone over. You know, he hasn't had, like, a huge amount of distance or momentum. So you hear a slip and a splash, and Sue, you come sliding down on your butt right into these other guys, but you two guys can make strength rolls to try to stop him. If you fail, he'll just blow right past you. 
could Sue try to use his axe to stop him? So, well, maybe if they, maybe if they don't, he might have to if they can't stop him. I failed. Oh no! I failed. Oh no! You go sliding and you're picking up speed, and you can just picture yourself sliding right out of this tunnel, right into the pit. So I, you better, you better get out that axe, and this will be a, this will be a strength roll. I, I, I think maybe I would give you advantage for the axe and for cleverness. I, uh, I'm gonna stick with my roll. I, I rolled before you said advantage, and I got a twenty-one. Okay, well that's good. You don't need the advantage then. So you scrape along for a while, but eventually your uh, your axe sticks in some of the, the stonework that is beneath, uh, you know, this this channel of feces, and you're able to stop yourself from falling right out. Right out. But when you look over at your feet, even though there's so much purple smoke, you can see you can see a little way, and you see you're right at the edge of the tunnel. I mean, you barely stopped yourself before you flew out. And when I say the tunnel exits right under the lip or under the edge of the pit. You realize that, you know, the, the the pyramid itself is not that far above you. I mean, it must be just above and behind you. Because you remember, the pyramid was right at the edge of the pit. Now, you can't see the end of the pit. Because A, it's dark. And B, it's filled with purple smoke that's rising up out of it. But here you are at the edge, if you can picture that. That uh, you'd have to climb the wall above you and, you know, get to the base of the, the pyramid. Which would be above and behind you. It's a very, very, very short climb. And unless you have some clever way up, we'll have to uh, just do a couple quick climbing rolls unless anyone has some rope or anything that they might want to use since you have a little bit more time to prepare for this climb, unlike your last one. Yeah, I do have uh, some rope. Oh, that's good news. That's good news. So It's a little shy of 50 feet since we had to sacrifice a little bit of that's it. That's true, but but you got plenty of rope, plenty of rope. And so you can uh, loop it up, loop it, and then hook it onto a, a boulder that's jutting out above you. And uh, it's a bit of a scary moment when you got to, like, trust in the rope and climb up, you know, and leave the tunnel. And hand over hand, you guys make it up the rope, and you find yourself at the base of the Black Pyramid. And, of course... The purple smokes are obscuring the, st- the sky, but you can, of course, see the green moon, Luna Veridium, where the elves come from. And you can, of course, see the, the burning nebula and the loon, which is a constellation, and Serapis, the demon star, and the empty star, which is just a ring, and all the other familiar nighttime scenes. But looming up over is a huge black pyramid. It's a step pyramid, like a ziggurat, really. And... Uh, right down the middle of it is this big metal slide. It's pretty wide, and it goes all the way up to the top. thing is that climbing, this pyramid itself looks like it's going to be a massive pain. The steps are just, I mean, like, exhausting. There's there's hundreds of steps, and they're, the steps are just big enough that for a normal-sized human, you know, it's a really, really big step. I mean, like... You gotta lift your knee way up, not like normal stairs. You can imagine how exhausting it would be. And Jubal can, you know, the stairs, the steps are like taller than Jubal practically. So, can you guys think of any quicker way up to the very top of uh, of the the pyramid? Does anyone have any quick I, uh, way somewhere? I think maybe we should. Uh, oh. Why don't we uh, use my phantom coach? Well, it is after midnight, which would make it a new day. I can't think of anything that would, would be faster than that, although I don't know. If he has Google gadget wheels that pop out, he can jump up Unless, the stairs how that uh, would work. But Well, I was thinking we could just go straight up this slide here. Mm. Ooh. Okay, okay. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. I like it. So, yeah, if you want to summon the Phantom Coach yet again. Uh, but suddenly, you know, you hear some music. It's hard to explain. It's, it's not the same music you heard last time. It sounds like uh, kind of makes you want to dance, and it has a synthetic quality to it. And you can hear this roaring sound and appearing out of nowhere. If you were from our world, you would see what would look like a, a Ferrari 308 GTS. And the uh, it's red. 
and the window comes down, and you see this really attractive female body in a white cleavagey jumpsuit and all this blonde feathered hair of the driver. But when the driver turns around, she's got a skull face, and she says, and as you know, as you were told last time, there's only one phantom coachman, but he slash she, they, have many different faces. And she says, well, hubba hubba, where to, fellas? Uh, to the top of the pyramid. You got enough room in that coach for three of us. Oh, you know what? I can. I think I can squeeze you guys in. Yeah, so you little one might have to sit on my lap. Are you too? Are you too much of a big boy to sit on Mama's lap and steer? She says to you, Jubal. <laughs> well, <laughs> it makes me uncomfortable when you. Th- Say it like that. But, um, I can. I am certainly uh, willing to uh, perch upon your uh, thighs and uh, steer if I if I need to. Okay. Well, if you guys want to hop in, it is a tight squeeze. In fact, I mean, I've seen a picture of that car, but I didn't really stop to check whether it actually has a back seat or anything like that. Well. Then somebody's popping, somebody's riding on the on the trunk. You know what I mean? You just hang on to the back. No, well, me was going to ask Sue if me might sit on his lap. Okay, there you go. Sue, are you comfortable with Squirg sitting his flabby ass down on your lap? Uh, I, uh, I was picturing Sue standing on top with his axe raised, like looking like the cover of a heavy metal album. Okay, 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 okay. All right. You don't want you don't want me sitting on your lap, Sue. What's wrong with you, man? And I think you'd rather look like a cover of a Molly Hatchet record, which is not really metal, but their album covers are generally fairly metal. Yeah, I was going to make a joke about accidentally sitting on the shift lever. <laughs> Accident my ass. Yeah, sure. You accidentally sat on it. You're headed for an accident, my friend. Oh, my God. It's a one in a million shot, Doc. I don't know how it happened. Anyway, you guys, uh, yeah, she revs the engine, and she uh, starts tearing right up that slide. And she's gunning it. She's going really, really fast up the slide. Now, you are standing on top of a random coach wielding an axe going up a slide. So you're just going to have to be really, really careful. But... Uh, you guys get up high enough, and you can see that there's this squat but phallic-looking temple on top of the pyramid. And you guys get closer and closer and closer and closer. And she goes, you want to go inside, or you want me to drop you off outside? Got about three seconds to tell me. Well, well I think we ought to go outside, then we can plan some stuff. Or it would be a more... <clears throat> me thinks it would be a more dramatic entrance if we took the coach inside. Yes, well, always quite a surprise if we come inside. Okay. All right. Then we'll come inside. No sense in pulling out at this point. And she guns it, and the Phantom Coach just smashes through the stained glass facade in front of this squat phallic temple. And glass shatters everywhere. And even in doing that... Okay, see you next time, big boys. And... uh she disappears. The Phantom Coach, un, you know, dematerializes. And you guys find yourselves there in a temple facing a man with a huge mane of purple hair. It looks like it's dyed with, like, oily residue from the smoke. He's wearing black robes. His hair is, like, fried out all over his head, though, like like Doc Brown. And he's looking at it with great big wide eyes. He knew there was trouble, but he did not expect this. Uh, although he had probably had a few seconds of warning for the for, for the headlights, you know, lighting up the stained glass windows before you guys bashed in. And, of course, you know, you're a little bit top, you know, uh, rolling around, uh, but everybody gets a hold of themselves and goes, well, 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 says the priest of the Black Circle. Oh, I'm sure you think you're all quite special, don't you? Well, yes, I think we are special. We were wondering if you had a moment to talk about our Lord and Savior, Ulian. Oh, well, I will tell you this. 
Yulian is nothing, and the only thing that matters is nothing. And therefore you are nothing, and I fear nothing. And so you who would bring false hope to those already dead must now pay the price and be ejected from this eternal life and be the food to the abominable gods of nothing who live in that pit. And uh, he rushes over to you guys uh, with surprising dexterity and he seems like he's in pretty great shape too. So why don't you guys roll initiative? And I guess I will go. And I rolled a five. Okay, that means you guys go first, which is good, because, you know, you're at the point where, I'll just tell you, he could potentially kill one of you guys with one or two things he can do. So I can only hope you can put him down before his turn. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't have any... Uh Big ideas. Maybe um, Sue wants to go first. I, th- I think fate has called you, Sue. Looks like you're going first. You're the biggest guy. Yeah. You got the biggest axe. Yes, I was hoping to save the axe. But and I'll say this guy doesn't have any weapons either. He's like actually in this almost like kung fu pose. Like he's going to get you with a chi fist or something. <laughs> We know how Sue likes to solve things, so... Yeah. And I... There goes the axe. I heard that one. But it's only a 13. And, uh... Hey, guess what? Guess what? It's good for you. You... His armor... His armor defense is 12. Therefore, you have hit him. But we need big damage, friends. Uh, yeah, I just nicked him with a three. Okay, well, you know what? Every little bit helps. We're going to make note of that. He's taking three points of damage. And Squirg, what do you do, my friend Squirg? <clears throat> well, Squirg... <sighs> Squirg senses the uh, gravity of the moment. Yes. And he has, he carries with him a sack. Um, and in that sack, he has a flask of lamp oil, I believe. Um, so he's going to um, take that out and um, attempt to pour it all over this uh, priest. Okay, well, that sounds like a classic stunt, which we handle as a, a versus save. So you can, whatever you feel will give you the best shot at that, we can call it. A dexterity save, or we can call it a, a ranged attack, whichever you think will give you the best chance. Uh, he, the priest of the black circle, will of course uh, make a dexterity save, and he has. Well, you know what? He has a fourteen, which would require a fifteen or more from you. Well, Squirt rolled a 17. Okay, but you know, I actually did that wrong, but it doesn't matter now because you still succeeded. He would not be actually rolling for you knave aficionados because the odds are all the same. You just beat his score, but you did. And he's now squirted and doused with uh, with the lamp oil. Um, you know, and he's got that fry. Remember I said his hair? He, <laughs> I didn't think of this, but it looked like he had uh, dyed his hair with like the oily residue like he's slicking it back and it's all fried up from the the oily residue from the smoke maybe that can help us in this situation but that is your turn and then Jubal what do you do um <clears throat> all right so what what else is in this um room that we're in this temple well, there's uh, you know a few braziers, but they're all fairly. You have to move to them. You know, you have to run over and get one. Uh, some incense. Other than that, Joe, though, it's not like his personal quarters. It's fairly Spartan. But you can okay. certainly picture some braziers, by which I mean like open plates with like hot coals. You know, that incense is burning on. Well, I think I would like to cast teleport. And I'm going to teleport some of those, or at least one of those brazers, right down the ground, right in front of the guy. Oh, right that, in the, you know. Oh, yeah. Kick. Puddle of oil. Yeah, puddle of oil. Right. Okay, well, 
and uh, you can certainly uh, you can certainly do that. Uh, an object disappears and reappears in a clear, visible area, and you're well within the range of the spell. So I, I see uh, now. Now, of course, uh, it's just coals. You know, it's not like flaming. But I think maybe if uh, no one has a turn left, but if you two her left, might need to blow on it. Quick, make a dexterity test to blow on it. Blow on the coals. Where's that flame? Both both Squirg and... Well, all of you are still here. If even one of you can make it, I'll see the guy going up in flames. Because we just need to get a little bit of a flame going instead of these little sparks. He's wearing the long robe. I got a 16. Hey! I got an 18. Hey, guess what? You guys both blow and... <laughs> the robe goes up. Uh, he screams, No! No! But he's not dead yet. You know what I mean? It takes a while to burn to death. So, I should point out the uh, mm-hmm. proximity of Sue to this conflagration, just in case there is collateral damage. Well, I don't remember you previously stating that you were standing really far away from it, but where are you then in your mind? Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm right there. Oh, thank you. Good. I thought you were going to try to... Well, you probably are going to go. I'm, I'm hoping that... Uh, no, you guys won't catch fire, but I didn't want you to be magically far away all of a sudden, because... And even if you were, he's got time for one last, one last thing he can do. And suddenly, he raises up his hands, and even though he's on fire, these purple lightning bolts just start crackling back and forth between his fingers, and he, he he's full-on Emperor Palpatine-style lightning bolts, right? And he flays his hands out towards you, and a bolt of lightning crackles out, and it chains between all of you, and each of you. Can I, uh, can Sue try to pull out his mirror and deflect the lightning that's coming towards him? It would be lovely if it were still your turn, but it's it's his turn, and... and, I didn't uh, know if we could react... No, not really. No, no. there's no, like, active defense. But I love the idea, and that would have been great. He's already going to die, though. This is just his final. And each of you takes 11 points of lightning damage. And you're hurled back from him. You're hurled back from him a little bit, right to the edge of the slide. Not, not you know, not, not uh, to where you're sliding down the slide, but you're hurled back from him. And that's good, because when he finally does die... He screams at the top of his lungs. Once, once his hair goes up, once his resin-coated hair goes up, he screams at the top of his lungs. Then his entire body explodes in a great big explosion. And now I need you guys to make dexterity tests. You get the hell out of the way from the explosion. So you won't... Not quite a blue explosion, but it was purple, so that's close. Yes. Ooh, 16 right on. Okay, good, good. How about the rest of you guys? 13. 20. Uh-oh, 13. Oh, no. Well, uh, I'm afraid that you are further hit with some chunks of flaming debris for four points of damage, so hopefully it does not put you under. But, uh, and there's the sickening, sweet smell of his body, and the lightning kind of plays itself out on the floor and, and runs to ground. And uh, you realize that he's actually dead. But because that, that explosion, when he exploded, was, was so loud, you guys can hear there's actually some roaring from outside now. And it's not, it's not roaring like a, a monster or of wind. It takes you a while to realize it's people. The sound that you're hearing is the people of Hadoro Tyros rising up, you know, just like... Just like it was predicted, once they realized there's trouble in the pyramid, and once they realized through the great explosion that the priest of the Black Circle is dead, um, you can only it. hope. Yeah, you've done it. You've done it, and you realize that too as we as we slip out of uh, slip back into narrative time here, and uh, over the course of the next few hours, you know the people of Hadoro Tyros, including most of the gendarmes have uh, risen up. They've killed the priest of the white circle and the priest of the red circle. Actually, like, when you... From your apartment up here, actually, this compartment on top of the pyramid, this temple, you could probably see them chasing this priest, like, out into the into the plain in between the city walls and the pyramid and giving them the Mussolini treatment, you know, as they just rip these guys to shreds and kill them with mob violence. And... Uh, Mulligan himself, he apparently did live through that fight, and he 
he climbs wearily up the pyramid with with several people uh, from the village and thank you thank you thank you all so much you've you've destroyed the cult of denial now this this pyramid and this sacred temple can go back to its original uses which was sacrificing people so that the sun doesn't explode thank you so so much <laughs> uh, well <laughs> who doesn't love a happy ending that's right well, you know what? That night you guys are feasted and you're honored and there's much rejoicing and you can almost forget that the world must soon end and that you're li- only living in a temporary reprieve and you hope the sun does not snuff out dearth before you get a chance to see someday that fabulous city of Ceres Arcs for which you have traveled so far and so long, some of you for six non-consecutive, well, seven non-consecutive episodes now, and so the next day, you leave the good people of Hadoro Tyros and set off once more across dearth, across deserts of pearl ash and over marbled rounded mountains and through seas of petroleum syrup and through gleaming neon forests headed toward your destiny. And next week, we'll be back with something completely different and a little special, or next time after our week break. Me can only imagine that in a time of apocalypse like this, when the sun is big and red, with some crazy denial cult, authoritarian denial cult have just come up and start oppressing people and being crazy and using violence and shit. I know. That's just crazy talk. It, that, would, that can't ever have happened before. It is absolute crazy talk. Hey, everybody. If you like our podcast, don't forget to leave us a good rating and or review on Apple Podcasts. Podchaser, Spotify, or wherever you're able. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Goonies underscore world and check out our website at GooniesWorldPodcast.com Email us at GooniesWorldPodcast at gmail.com Thank you for listening.